This is Four Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid. Margaret Eri Fiend coming out. You stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a Fiend. And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for this. He's going to bump for it. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. No, no, no. If I was Grado, you would hear. He's still breathing out of his arse from the square go at the weekend. I don't know if you saw that, but he came down as an American footballer. And then he had a little trouble getting his American football gear off. Let's go into that a little bit more in detail when we go over the square go. Um, no, I'm not Grado. I'm joined by Alex. How are we all today? All right. Rab's not here either. And our replacement, Rudo, has called in sick as well. So You're just it, having none of the luck at the moment, are you, John? We're not really doing it. I... I there must be some I thought it was a wellness policy violation um, that Rab and Gradle weren't actually here um, but apparently it's not um, it might be the coronavirus oh that would be a bit harsh really wouldn't it <laughs> and obviously the king of podcasts Rudo himself who was on last week he's not here that's a bit of a shame actually I was hoping for another week of uh, Rudo burying all the he listeners he was right, right in the mood for uh, going totally heel this week as well and uh, he's not here but I was going to go over the Square Go stuff with him obviously the Square Go ICW Square Go happened at the weekend as well as the Gonzo show I didn't make either but Alex you went to Square Go how was it as an event? Oh, Square Go was fantastic actually um, all the singles matches on the card beforehand were great really followed up by Stevie Boy versus Noam Dar which was uh, just fantastic really to be honest and I think we were all genuinely surprised to see an NXT UK guy come and take the ICW Heavyweight Champion. I think it's the first time that's happened that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, it would have been. But um, I guess Noam was, you know, he's such an ICW stalwart. Oh, very um, much so. That um, he deserves to have the belt put on him. Oh, totally. And I think it's really good that they're giving the NXT guys, sorry, they're allowing the NXT guys to come back to the independent promotions that made them. Yeah. And I think it's... I think they've realised that they don't have enough time with NXT UK to use the amount of talent that they've got and the, the way to keep them fresh and keep them in everyone's mind is to put them back out on the circuit. So so how was the actual Square Go itself? Uh, the Square Go itself was was fantastic, as always with Dallas. So start off with good old BT Gun, you know, usual crowd pop. And number two was Mr. Sammy Callahan himself. And I was quite impressed that Sammy didn't go the distance, but he was there for like a good half an hour, 40 minutes. He was there until maybe entrant 23, 24. And they even booked quite an original spot with Jake Christ from TNA coming out to assist him. And then he ended up inadvertently helping Sammy get eliminated. I think the other other big highlight for me was the return of Trent Seven. As Trent's obviously another big NXT UK ICW faithful. He got a huge pop, looked really good in the match. Yeah. And then I think they swerved us all at the end as well by having Kez Evans take the, take the briefcase home. And uh, there was big comebacks as well, wasn't there? Uh, so we had Jackie Polo. Jackie Polo came back in a yeah. new kind of John Moxley-esque gimmick. Looking all hardcore, he had like the Jacks in similar kind of homage to Moxley. <laughs> I think he's doing something similar to what he did with Double J, that kind of thing. And then you had the return of DCT, which I really wasn't expecting. Like, I haven't seen much from him since he moved away to Australia, I believe. So I think he's like, he's pretty much 
one of the big guys in their main promotion over right, there. Right, okay. I'm sure if that's wrong, someone will definitely collect, yes, correct definitely, me on Twitter. Definitely. But yeah, that was a big shot. Those two had a nice little little spot. And uh, when Simon's in later, uh, him and DCT also had a quite a nice little spot. So, And talking of that, uh, Simon Cassidy, um, ring announcer for ICW, ring announcer for promotions right across the country. And ring announcer for this podcast as well, John. Yes, and ring announcer for this podcast. How could we forget? Simon Cassidy um, will be joining us to talk all things ring announcer. I'm really intrigued to find out the road into ring announcement. Do you just, is it just that you have a good voice? Is it the fact you can shout really loud? Well, I, I think the voice has something to do with it because yeah. to me, the most iconic voice isn't actually a wrestling voice. It's the UFC, it's Bruce Buffer's voice. Yeah, of course. And I think it's his brother that does ROH and you can see the similar similarities in it, but Bruce is just so on point, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be really interesting to get an insight into the kind of ring announcement stuff with Simon later on. Gary Cassidy, in, by the way, they're not related at all. Uh, Gary Cassidy and Simon Cassidy. Oh, Scotland. They'll be related they're, somehow. Some think, weird ancestral think, But um, Gary Cassidy, doorway. who writes for Sports Kida, he's our journal in the know. Um, he'll be talking all things wrestling. A lot of big wrestling stories this week. So he'll be in on Skype a bit later on to talk about all of that. We'll also do your buddy or put overs on a list of wrestling daft. We're celebrating Edge's comeback with looking at some of the best wrestling returns. So we're going to do that on the list of wrestling dafts uh, later on. And See, since, if you don't have Edge at number one, I'm going to be really angry with you, John. Right, okay. Well, since Rudo, Rudo was meant to be doing this, but since Rudo's uh, got the coronavirus, I hope he has got the coronavirus, <laughs> by the way. That'll be right. But since Rudo's uh, pulled in a sickie, um, I've had to do it this week, so... I think you deserve one, John. I think you, it's your time to do the list of wrestling I wait for being trolled totally online about that. But first, let's kick off with your correspondence as ever on the show. Now, do you remember El Russo Malo, Alex? How can anyone forget El Russo Malo? He's a bit of a, a bit of a legend on this podcast now. Yeah, he was our former wrestling daft champion. He told us a story about how he bought his wife the 24-7 belt for, his Christ- for her Christmas and then he also bought his son a refereeing shirt and then rolled up his wife into a pin and now they constantly they fight each other for the 24-7, which I think is the mark of a really strong relationship. So um, the story goes that after 56 hours of his wife being in labour, he headed home, you know, as as you do when your dad, you leave the wife at the hospital, you go home, have a beer. Because the, the hospital staff have more than had enough of you by that Yeah, point. no, exactly. So he headed home and he was, you know, when you get have that kind of, when you get in, probably a lack of sleep had something to do with this and you go on to eBay Normally for me, it's, it's slightly drunk, more intoxication, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, he, after watching his wife in uh, labour for 56 hours, he went and um, there was someone selling an, an ECW belt. Now, apparently him and his wife only have one rule that you have to ask before buying a wrestling belt. So I mean, they're not get, fucking cheap. He, like, they're he not fucking cheap at per, all. permission to get, uh, buy this new belt. So, bearing in mind his wife had just been in labour for 56 hours... Uh, she he decided to text her at 1am in the morning saying need to chat message when you can have done something we'll explain in the morning now <laughs> that's not something you send your pregnant fucking no, wife that's no, no 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 she's just giving birth to the child so anyway she woke up to this tech totally panicked because after apparently this first kid was born he went to the strippers uh, and spent all night in the strippers <laughs> so she did a bit of a panic uh, but he had actually bought the belt um, so he was in a bit of trouble but to soften the blow uh, he bought an NXT belt for his wife <laughs> and he gave it to her as here you go thanks for uh, giving birth to our child present so his pregnant wife 
sat there in hospital with the NXT belt draped over her shoulder and a baby probably draped over the other one. I mean, surely the belt would get in the way of any breastfeeding over the shoulder. I mean, it, Oh, you it, have to wear it around the waist. Yeah, you've got to wear it around the waist. You have to wear it around the waist. Yeah. But I love, I love the El Russo Mallow family. Just, the stories are fantastic. So thank you very much for El Russo. Keep them coming as exactly. well. Exactly. Thank you, El Russo Mallow, for getting back in touch. Um, more stuff coming in. Thank you, everyone. I was getting slagged off for this uh, on Twitter for suggesting that we should have a thing where wrestlers meet bands. Well, I'd also like to point out that you cut my best suggestion from last week as well there, John. Uh, Rage Against the Big Red Machine, but I'm not well, still, you've, you've got I'm it not still raw about that or I anything. I might make the edit this week. Um, Alistair Dunlop has been in touch with a couple. NWOFX. I do like that. That's, but that's, that's more just because I really like no FX. So. Yeah. Uh, crash Test Dummies kind of writes itself. Yeah. Yep. Manic Street Profits I thought was very good. Joey Mercury Rev. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, it's, it's nothing's quite going to beat Manic Street Profits for me now. I've heard no, no, it. Uh, and Dead Kennedys. Kennedys. <laughs> okay, that beat it. Fair That's enough. Decent. Uh, Dave Blackman as well has come in as well. How about The Undertaking? That's a bit, bit dubious, not that a, one, Dave. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not overly, I'm not keen on that one. What about Big Papa Pulp? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Big Papa Pulp's good. And that, I can see the last one you've got down is Charlotte's. I quite Char- like Charlotte's. Charlotte's as, well. as well. It's not bad, not bad. So thanks so for that. So basically, Dave. the audience is way more fucking original than we are, Absolutely. is what we've learned from this. Um, so we got, we're talking uh, to Lee and Buzzard uh, last week, and we were talking about uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yep, because this is a wrestling podcast, and of you have course, to mention uh, the child snatcher, do you know? If you, did, if you missed Leighton Buzzard on the show last week, he was a child star and appeared in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when he was in theatre oh, school. We didn't ask him if he was one of the children that got snatched. I think we missed the trick there. Ah. Anyway, Craig got in touch, because um, we were talking about the child catcher being probably the biggest heel in children's probably TV film. For me, it would always be the demon headmaster. <laughs> what about Me- Megatron? Megatron from Transformers? Oh, I think I'm a little bit young for Transformers. <sighs> you must have seen the movies. Though. I've seen the movies, yeah, but yeah. I mean, they are kind of ruined by Skele- Skeletor from oh, Skeletor, yeah, fair enough. Skeletor. Listen, if you think, if you can pick out the biggest heel in uh, children's TV or film, please get in touch. We'd love to hear that as well. Yeah, Skeletor for me has got to be the, the biggest heel in, in, in the business. Yeah, I'm trying to think who the bad guy was in Pingu or something ridiculous <laughs> now, you know? Anyway, so Craig got in touch off the back of the child catcher saying, hey, WWE already have a child catcher, uh, Jerry Waller. Yeah, I don't think we'll get into that lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so thanks, Greg. Uh, loving Stevie B's tweets, he found a painting of uh, the crucifixion, um, which again, bringing it into a wrestling podcast, a, a picture of the crucifixion, and there looks like there's someone selling merch at the crucifixion. <laughs> I don't know, you can see this on her Twitter. Uh, it's a picture of the crucifixion. There's a girl there, hand, what looks like a poster of Jesus at the crucifixion. And he's asked, uh, was that kid fight? <laughs> it would have been like one of Kid Fight's great, great, great relatives, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, it would yeah. Have been I think it's someone it, from the fight the family original, back in the day. The original merch okay, icon. Grandpa fight. Grandpa, grandpa fight. fight at the crucifixion. Great, great, great grandpa fight. So anyway. uh, thanks for getting in touch. We've had a mod doing a wrestling catchphrase. Oh, Christ. I can't believe someone's actually put themselves forward to do Thank that. Thank you so much uh, to Jimmy, who has been in touch with his mall, Leslie. Shall we hear it? Oh, is it going to be bad? Rest in peace! Now, I think that's meant to be The Undertaker. Let's just, just, yeah, yeah, let's just that hear that again. Be. Rest in peace! 
I mean, it definitely sounds quite ominous, but she's definitely gone slightly too quick, I'd say. I'd, but I think she's got into the character. Oh, totally. She's got the mindset of the character there. Do you think she's done like the eyes and has taken her hat off at the end I just to kind of finish the whole persona? I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. So if you want to get your mod doing a wrestling catchphrase and be featured on this show, it's dead easy to do. Just get in touch with us on Twitter at I, Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and we're just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And if you do want to email them, we've got an email address as well, wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. <laughs> So let's get up to date with what's been going on in the world of wrestling with a man who drops names more often than the WWE stock drops in value. It's Gary Cassidy from Sportskeeda. How you doing, Gary? <laughs> I'm not too bad, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. And do you know what? Since we were talking about the, the drop in uh, WWE stock price, maybe we'll start off with uh, Vinny having a big uh, dent in his wallet this week. Aye, so, so that one was quite a surprising one. Um, it's one of those ones that the, the press release kind of flew under the radar a wee bit. Obviously, the WWE have got rid of two of their presidents. Um, two people that have been on the board for more than a decade. I think it was 11 and 12 years apiece. They've replaced them with someone um, that's also been on the board for quite a while, but in a lower role. Uh, they've kind of said that they're only going to be there until they find someone. They're looking for someone right now. But that was met in the way that any company getting rid of their presidents would be met. The stock value plummeted. Yeah, because they uh, the apparently first thing didn't I have a succession. Was Rob Florence uh, going on about his, uh, his WWE shares. That's why he's on. off. <laughs> That's why he's not here. He just he's, can't afford it. He's can't afford to losses, come in because right. of all the losses that he's had in his, <laughs> taken in his WWE shares. Did you see as well that they apparently don't have a succession plan for who was meant to take over on oh, the board? No, so I, it just seems fucking surely mental. Surely the succession plan's a million dollar man. <laughs> just bring a <laughs> <to> the asset. <laughs> I don't know, everybody's got a price and that price is quite low than it, so uh, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so that was a hit in the stock price and obviously they've got the launch of the XFL this weekend, which apparently <laughs> uh, is costing Vinnie Mac £375 million. Over two years, Over yeah, two I saw years. that as well. Yeah. And like, and we all said this when he announced this, what, like a year and a half ago, that Why? it's going to cost a shitload of money, but they are now saying <laughs> that it can really potentially actually make some money. They think they have the market there, right. and they think that they can capitalise on this off-season. So, I mean, it's potential, but it's a huge fucking risk. It's a strange one, because um, I think it was maybe two years ago that Vince McMahon dropped out of the billionaires list for the first time, ended up straight back in it anyway, but you're going... 370 odd million is no small change to anyone. I don't, I don't care if you're Vince McMahon or whoever you are. Um, but obviously, like I think it's the kind of thing Vince McMahon, who's going to tell him he can't do something? If it failed the first time round, <laughs> you wouldn't bet against it being a success this time around. But it was it's weird. I don't know if you've seen the um, XFL's Twitter account. The second the Super Bowl was done, that had um, a similar time now was the tweet that came out. And it's like, I don't know if that's good or bad time. Yeah. No, and obviously, SmackDown being Super SmackDown, they were like, Oh, ahead of the big game, couldn't have mentioned that it was a Super Bowl. Uh, they had to just say, ahead of the big game, it's called uh, Super Smackdown. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, this is a risky one. I don't know how it's going to go. It could be could go one way or the other, but uh, either way, Vince McMahon, I think, maybe would bet against him if it's going to be a success. He's going to throw a lot of money at it, so I guess it's kind of the way things need to be, and it's sink or swim. So uh, is, the, is the real question, when does the World Bodybuilding Federation restart after this? <laughs> uh, talking about super shows, there's another one happening in Saudi Arabia. If you've not remembered, it's back. WWE Saudi Arabia Super Showdown is happening at the end of February, and I believe we've got some potential appearances there, Gary. Oh, I don't know if you want to blow some of the matches that are rumoured, because there's a lot of talk that Edge and Orton's going to take place there. I thought it'd be WrestleMania. Um, but the, the slightly bigger news that people might be more relieved about 
as the names are rumoured, one's lesser rumour than it is just a matter of time. Goldberg's going to be on SmackDown this week. Uh, he's going to essentially choose who's next, they said. A few rumours about that one. A lot of people are saying that the Roman Reigns, the, the punch in the mat thing that um, came out a couple of weeks ago, is, is a build to that, and he's going to come out and be the opponent. Not sure many people would be too disheartened if that was the case. Mm. Obviously, Matt Riddle's the other I one. I think it would kind um, of be all right. I don't care about Goldberg matches, to be honest. Nobody cares about Goldberg matches. Like, I like his, I love his entrance. I'll watch it for the entrance, and then the minute it's done, I'll just get up and go off the toilet. Spear like, Jack I mean, Hammer. Just... Spear Jack Hammer. I mean, no one cares about Goldberg match. And it's really, it's Spear, it's going to be, if it is that, it's going to be Spear versus Spear. You know, it's that kind of... Somebody uh, tweeted me when I, I put out a tweet, who would you like to see? And somebody just replied, uh, Goldberg versus Door. So that's one of the ones people might not be too disheartened. That's a, a perfect spot for them. The Saudi Arabia card yeah. that keeps them off WrestleMania, and some people will still want to see a gold belt yeah, match. Yeah, I, I guess. think that's. I think um, that's but the other was uh, Hulk Hogan, um, oh. who obviously was at the last one, and I always say it. He's that much a controversial character that Saudi Arabia is probably the perfect place to have him back because uh, yeah. it would all get booed. Yeah, just keep but him there. Uh, the same with Goldberg. Just have all your legends on the Saudi shows and keep the normal pay-per-views for wrestling and we'll be fine. Have some sort of Saudi federation. That's the one for Vince. Like, <laughs> or like some kind of legends, <laughs> legends retirement kind of place that they could all go and wrestle together like in some they, retirement home. Like what they do in football with China. Yeah. The same thing exactly. but for wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. Do, do that. Do that. And uh, there's reports this week of the exact reasons of why and Andrade violated the WWE's wellness program. Uh, this one is actually one that has some solid base, I would say. So the person that's reporting this is Hugo Savinovich, who was a um, Spanish announcer in WWE for a long time. He put out a few details about the, the plane happenings in Saudi Arabia last time that turned out to have a wee bit of truth to them, obviously. Um, and he's quite close friends with Ken Velasquez, Rey Mysterio. A lot of people are backstage in WWE. He's essentially came out and said Andrade's innocent. Um, obviously, it was suspended for a wellness violation. That violation is said to be the fact that it was actually not in the country and unable to do the drug test. So essentially, it was by forfeit, um, which has happened before. Primo Colonna happened where um, the details don't tend to come out so much about these because the talent doesn't really want to upset the balance of things by saying, well, it was just because WWE didn't let me do the test. And obviously, WWE aren't going to say, we suspended them for no reason. So it's it's the kind of thing that we might never find out the truth, but it's probably a lot better than people speculating that it's, oh, it's about this or that. This is for somebody that is a kind of reputable source that have said essentially I just couldn't make the drug test because it was. I think they said <laughs> it was in Puerto should... Rico, which is a weird one because I, I believe it was in Mexico. Um, but either way, that's probably one of those ones that's got some base to it now. But surely they should really start to think about re-establishing or re-evaluating this wellness policy. If they're fucking suspending someone for literally going on holiday, when they knew he was going on holiday, they should have maybe been like, all right, he's on holiday, we'll just patch Andrade and we'll, I don't know, we'll go and test Raleigh or something instead, you know? Just, it just uh, seems uh, fucking It's such stupid. a strange one, that. Cause I'm going to, like, obviously, with a company that, obviously, they are travelling around a lot, but they give their talents a wee bit off time. Their talents are obviously going to go places during that. The weird thing about it is, um, well, I think maybe the thing that maybe makes more sense about it now, actually, is... Maybe if they knew about that and they knew that it was kind of more of a forfeit and game a bye this time, maybe that is why they kept the United States Championship on him. Yeah. That makes Obviously, a lot of sense. Obviously, there was a lot of the talk that we had last week about that with Carrillo and maybe Paul Heyman being a bit unsure, but maybe that links back up to that, so you never know. Do we think as well that potentially Vegas now starting a wee heel stable with Garza and with uh, Andrade? I would be 100% fine with that. That's uh, the one thing for this year, or for this year, for this week, sorry. You're gone if Andrade couldn't be there. 
I think they've done it perfectly. I'm going, man, they gave Angel Garza what, full double duty for a start. Came across as the perfect heel. One of the things that a lot of people are like, oh, geez, oh, and they're like, oh, it's his cousin. It actually is his cousin in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very surprised aye, so when that done, came out. They didn't need to make that up. They actually done that bit perfectly. Um, I thought, aye, that, that was a, a nice way to, um, to bring Angel Garza into the mix after him losing the Cruiserweight Championship. And there is definitely potential there for them to bring Andrade back and have, you never know. I'd, I'd say, upon an easy guess here, Andrade, Angel Garza against what... Um, Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo is probably going to be a match yeah. for whatever yeah, happens that, in between Saudi Arabia and WrestleMania. Might even get Andrade as a double champion because you can see him and uh, him and Garza making a pretty cracking tag team and with the lack oh, of depth that, they've that, got that, in that, every that, tag division. I think that'd be class. Uh, I'd be get, well up for seeing that. Just call it the LWO. Let's get that form. Bring Charlo <laughs> Guerrero back. Bring Carlito Weirdly back. Enough, that's what... Um, Hugo Savinovich was saying that um, I did an interview him so I'm no name dropping this time I couldn't do it so one of my colleagues done it and he said they want Rey Mysterio fronting the LWO again <laughs> so, that'd be brilliant do you, oh, do you reckon know. we can get like a big Rey Mysterio heel turn I think that'd be fantastic that'd be great that, has Rey ever been heel? not that I can think oh. of probably in WCW because yeah. Eric Bischoff's a fucking madman but. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true um, and there's some to finally there's some brilliant signing news for WWE Aye, um, this is something that's been rumoured for a wee while. Um, yesterday, it kind of broke into parts. There was a lot of rumours of Timothy Thatcher signing, which that turned out to be true. That um, that emerged on WWE backstage. He's somebody that, again, I'm not sure a lot of people will be too familiar with him, but the kind of important thing to note for that is he used to be in ring camp with uh, Volter and you know, Marcel Barthel, who was uh, Axel Dieter Jr. So there's been a lot of memes flying about that uh, Fabian Aikner's time is done and there might be a wee rivalry with, uh, with having Timothy Thatcher because the rumour is that he'll be in NXT UK. Yeah. Again, nothing set in stone there. He's the kind of guy, it's a, a big brute of a guy. His teeth aren't so perfect. He just looks like a guy that would kick your head in. So he is somebody that is a really exciting prospect. Very similar to him as Killer Cross. Um, who there was obviously a lot of a lot of goings on with him and Impact Wrestling. He eventually got his release after asking for it very publicly for a long time. This is one that um, again I, I couldn't report on, but I had a wee inkling about because when the stuff was going on with him and Impact, he'd kind of tweeted out something about wanting to open up about it. One of my mates tagged me and he followed me. I followed him back and I was like, "Look, man, if you want to talk about stuff, just give a shout." And then when he got back to me, he's like, "I'll need to see if I can clear that." Uh-huh. So I'm like, "Right." That says one or two things. Yep, um, yep. And, and the main thing is that you're probably signed with WWE. So I did the follow-up on it again, but Ryan Satin again was straight there on WWE backstage. And obviously, the information that came out that they'd signed, just to quell all the rumours, they'd done the John Morrison thing, where rather than give them this big, massive, exciting debut, like, um, again, Ryan Satin was the person that had put this out there. Yeah. Imagine if Killer Cross had came out to face Goldberg. People might not know who he was, but the black screen with a big red cross. People would have popped no matter if they knew who oh, it was. There's no way they're letting him keep the Killer Cross name, surely. There's I think no I, way they're letting yeah, him keep it. There must be, I think, because in all the WWE stuff, he's been put out as Killer Cross, as far as I'm aware. Does he have a link to Killer Kowalski, and that's where he got the name Killer Cross from, know, or something actually. along those lines? Does so I think this is a weird one. Um, obviously, WWE changed the name of War Machine. Um, that one was quite an obvious one because of what happened with War Machine, the UFC fighter, yeah. um, the domestic violence charge. It's like, we're not going to let anybody anybody Google one of their talents. That's the first thing that comes up. But then they eventually did take the war name out of it and made them the Viking experience, then the Viking Raiders. Um, they let Killer Kelly be Killer Kelly in NXT UK, but I don't know if that was mainly because she wasn't exactly set in stone signed she was more of the way a lot of the NXT UK guys are, where they can work in other places. Yeah. And I, she wasn't in NXT UK a lot. 
The weird thing is, I don't know about the Killer Kowalski thing. I actually thought Killer Cross was called that because he loves Batman, which I know <laughs> oh, he's a massive yeah, Batman fan. I think he took Killer Croc and made it Killer Cross. That makes um, sense also. So, aye, but a weird one. But yeah, it's, it's quite strange. It's the first thing I looked at when I seen the announcement. I was like, oh, I'm going to go and see if they've referenced anywhere because they're normally quite selective about what they reference. They didn't reference anything about Impact as they never normally do, although they... They kind of have been doing with the network, but they didn't mention anything about that, um, which they never normally do. But they did say, collect, also, um, sorry, kind of famously known as Killer Cross. So they did say it on their website. Yeah. But you never know. We don't know until he debuts as Kevin Cross or whatever yeah, he's going to be. Uh, so I guess we'll see. I'm trying to think of other like NXT stars they've signed within the past couple of years where they've announced them by their indie name and then they've shown up on NXT in a different name, if you get me. Uh, there's been a few, but the, the, the notable ones that actually haven't changed their names would only really be the likes of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So that's the kind of thing. Yeah. It's a big deal if they do let them keep the name because we know it's no part of the course for them doing that. So, Well, Gary, thank you very much for all the news this week. Uh, you up to anything this week wrestling-wise? Uh, sadly, I had meant to be going down to London the day. Um, couldn't quite make it because I feel last minute things. I was meant to be going down the interview and Jeff Jarrett. Sadly, didn't happen. But a lot of people are doing there doing that. Um, the one that came out a few days ago now was Lillian Garcia. Um, got to interview her, which was obviously absolutely brilliant, having grown up just listening to her do everything in WWE. Um, and I've got a few other ones coming out in the next couple of days. One's Taya Valkyrie for Impact Wrestling. The other one is a pretty interesting one with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Nice. A lot of people might not know the name, but uh, obviously he trained The Rock, trained the Bella Twins, um, and it was essentially kind of based all around me asking him about the talents he'd trained. So Brilliant. I keep an eye out for that one, be pretty good. I like the way you started with his best student, The Rock, and then his worst student, The Bellas. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in between, just the best and the worst. And where can we get you on Twitter, Gary? Uh, on Twitter, I'm just Conscious Gary, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-G-A-R-Y. Um, if you search Gary Cassidy, hopefully I'll come up. I've been trying to get the handle Gary Cassidy for ages off a guy with 20 followers. Sadly, never <laughs> going to happen. But, um, hopefully, if you search Gary Cassidy, I'll come up. Or um, go to Sportskeeper Wrestling, type in Gary Cassidy. You'll see a load of interviews there. Gary, as ever, thank you very much, sir. Thanks for your time, Gary. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> So every week we like to separate the Daniel Bryans from the Daniel Pudders of this world as we talk about the good and bad of pro wrestling and your buddy or putovers. Lots been going on this week, Alex, of course. Um, first of all, what are you going to bury? What is the negative this week? Well, I'm, we'll see what I'm going to bury this week. I had a couple of things, but I think the main thing I'm going to bury is this very podcast for having an interview with Leighton Buzzard a week after he did a big heel turn. Because I think we could, that would have been very interesting, like discussing how he did his first big heel turn, how the difference in the crowd reactions, that kind of thing. I thought that would have been really interesting. I think that character's going to really work with him as well. Did they change his entrance music? Not yet. So he's still coming out with right, the, the, the pirate the, the get pirate up and the pirate kind of theme and stuff. But I could, you can see that just slowly changing. And he did, you know, the classic, you all thought I was a young, innocent boy, but I'm actually a fucking sneaky bastard kind of shit. Um, I would like to bury... The fact that Drew McIntyre beat Mojo Royoi on Raw in three seconds on Monday night and never won the 24-7 title. Well, I didn't even think about that, actually. Yeah, Mojo, well, Mojo Royoi is currently carrying. That might have changed since, since we're broadcast at this point. Did he come down to the ring with a belt? Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he, he beat 
Raw away, but didn't win the twenty four seven title. That's just silly, inconsistent booking. That's really, really inconsistent. Yeah, Surely exactly. He, like Drew could have went it over wasn't like even anyone in the to. fucking roster as well. Wasn't even referred to by the commentary team or anything. But it was just like, surely they could have brought someone else out rather than Rolly to do that job. Do, do you reckon it was on the way to the ring? Vince was like, shit, he's got the belt. I forgot we even had that title. <laughs> no one mentioned it. No one mentioned it. King, King, that no, was, no, that no. Was, that was probably it. Um, what are you putting over this week? I'm going to put over, I'm going to be a good little ICW mark. And I'm going to put over Mark Dallas for managing to get his money's worth out of Sammy Callahan. Because <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've not really seen... Um, a guest spot in a rumble and like, you know, like a local promotion rumble where someone has, you know, went for Don't as long as he did, you yeah. know, like I think we all popped hard when Callahan came out at number two, him and BT Gunn were great together. And yeah, like the whole match, he was, like the first half of the match, he was pretty much ring generaling it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, no, no, he went, went distance, you know, for a, a boy, not saying, you know, he's a big lad. He's a big lad, Sammy yeah, Callahan. Yeah. To go to do the Ironman distance was, was really quite impressive. Um, I'm going to put over and, you know, we, on this sh- podcast we constantly berate AEW for its lack of storylines and creative um but i actually at this point want to put over AEW's kind of creative story the kenny omega hangman page young bucks thing just it's it's turning out really well it's, it's, they've worked that really really well and it's just they just keep dropping bits you know they would they, they cut a promo where it's like hangman's right on the young bucks Base and, and Kenny's trying to play mediator. Yeah, and stuff as well, it's just it? going to. But I think it's got. I mean, obviously, the, the obvious thing is going to happen is that Hangman's going to turn on Omega. There's going to be the Young Bucks, Hangman, Omega match is going to come. But like Ken, Kenny's doing... fault, and you know what? They'll get the Young Bucks will get the titles. Then there'll be a big blow up off the back of that. You uh, know, it's good but, that they're doing dissension. The elite as well, build. like yeah, because I think we were all really worried they were going to like book themselves to the moon and back and I think they've actually been pretty good about that considering the first champions out of them are a makeshift tag team of Hangman and Kenny which you would not have put money on that anyway so let's look into your buddies and putovers that you've been putting over this week John Montgomery is burying Kenny Omega's promo after the mixed gender match I've not seen this this was on uh, AEW last night or AEW Dark just rapidly going off Omega heard all the hype from his time in Japan but not sure about him of what I've seen so far. I love him, but I'm finding his pose work and stuff is really over the top, and I don't think it lends itself very well to the American style, and I think that problem is also systemic in the women's division. Yeah. Uh, it's putting over Cody's back. Fair play to him for taking the lashes. Again, I didn't, I've not seen this yet, so obviously he's taking the lashes off of MJF. I just can't believe they actually broadcast that in the end after the I weeks know. and weeks of build to it. I just can't believe it. I know. Uh, Bronze Chill, a regular correspondent, wants to put over Daz Black versus Kieran Kelly at Gonzo at the ICW show at the weekend. Again, on, on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people talking Where's about Where's fucking Rudo when you need him? I know, I know. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he, there was a lot of big ups for that, that match in particular. Now, Daz Black was on the show, and he's a boy with a bright future. And I've seen Kieran Kelly uh, wrestle before. He's really, really good. And Leighton was really putting over Kieran last week yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, Mark Dallas obviously uh, was on as well and put over Kieran as well. And he wants to bury the whole Cornette versus Meltzer thing on Twitter. It's stupid, and it's just two grumpy old men fighting. Uh, yeah, I think taking the... Taking a leaf out of Rudo's book from last week and just just ignoring Dave. Dave. I mean, Cornet can be hella interesting. I, all the stuff with the bucket of chicken from a couple of months ago as well. <laughs> but 
Yeah, they, they seem to be controversial for the sake of being controversial and to keep themselves relevant. They're like the wrestling opinion. equivalent of Hugh Keevans. <laughs> That's pretty much That's what they're That's a good they're. analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toby put over uh, not missing grab, grabbing, grabbing, grab. Oh, well. All hail the new king. That's obviously in reference to Rudo, who's not here this week. Funny Rab, Greedo and Rab for having other commitments, bastards. <laughs> Do you know what? I think we should, at this point, start um, a Jericho-esque countdown clock for Rab and Greedo's return. Don't worry, folks. They'll be back soon. Um, Hazy's putting over Velveteen Dream's return um, on NXT. I did and also he, see that he was wearing a fantastic pair of trousers. That's what he's saying. And ode to Ravishing Rick Rude, which he does steal a lot from Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, Velveteen Dream. They reminded me of the first set of tights he ended up wearing. And I think it would have been his first takeover match against Alistair Black because it really stood out. It was the first time we'd seen his ring gear. Yeah. And I think we were all like... What? Because he had like a picture of himself and a picture of black on each leg. So you're, you're too young to remember Ravishing Rick Rude. That's what he did all the yeah, time. Yeah, because I only I remember Rude mainly as like DX's henchmen yeah, and things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Rick, Rick Rude was in his prime, one of the best heels in the business. He's also putting over uh, Britt Baker's heel turn in AEW. I think that was fucking necessary. Absolutely. Fucking necessary. Absolutely. I love how she's going all in on uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, Jim Ross. She just love needs it. to take a bit of a leaf out of Adam Cole's, but, but really, doesn't she think so? She, she cut this promo like and everything she said was great it's like Jim Ross doesn't even know the name of the people on the roster I was like yeah I agree with you Brett he's, he is getting better now he's, he's learned he's the get, names he's getting he's better names. Uh, Buddy in AEW is hoking as some of the top stuff looks poorly produced for TV while even WWE shite stuff looks good it's I think that's it's, it's that just experience maybe and we don't know what the production budget between both shows are as well the audio quality, when they cut to backstage segments and the sound mixing, is all wrong. I, I don't know what's happening there. I, you know, Maybe the Bucks are still just using their iPhones. And it, it, might, like it, <laughs> it might be, but I think, yeah, the production values is something that they should look into. But again, like you say, you don't know what the budget is for that side, side Yeah, and things. you'd imagine it'll be a lot less than what WWE are spanking out of. Well, you'd you'd assume yeah. maybe, but... Well, maybe Could be wrong. Vince is going to be skint soon. Maybe have the Young Bucks iPhone filming WWE yeah. soon. All that sweet pyro we just got back is gone. It's gone, it's gone. Uh, Scott, I'd like to buddy Goldberg. Fucking hang it up, man. Stop chasing that Saudi blood money. Would like to put over WWE for finally getting shot of Rusev and Lashley shit show, but have they... Come on. Oh, that's it's gonna turn up in like the WrestleMania undercard yeah, or something. It is. Of course it they've not that's not gone yet, Scott, I'm afraid, but yeah, with you on the Goldberg one. Fire Soul 86 putting over Heyman for making me actually want to watch Raw again. And uh, Burry and Cornette for greeting about AEW constantly. Get arrest, you money, old prick. Well the weird thing is as well, is you'd say that AEW stuff's a lot closer to a lot of the, the southern wrestling, southern wrestling that he would used to run and fucking always goes on about. I think the issues that a lot of people have with the AEW is the lack of rules. <laughs> that yeah. It's the lack of, you know, it is, it's like the tag match is just, there's no rules, just like walk into the match whenever you want. And I think that's have, what gets in Cornette's goat. I think in, in NXT, they've been very specific about using the tag ropes and almost yeah. making a point of showing tags. I remember, I think it was the last minute of the Dusty Classic, there's a point when Gibson and James Drake do a very, like, he just grabs the rope from the other side of the ring and does the tag and stuff like that. That you know? makes, actually makes sense. I'm pretty sure it was NXT that I saw that the, there was a tag made, but the referee didn't see it, so he made them do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was NXT. That's very, that's very smart, actually. I didn't I also, think about that. I also quite like it, you know, when they do that little clap when they can't be bothered. Like, say the ref's got his back turned, and yeah. the one who's behind the rope, he just does that. 
Yeah. And so the, the ref thinks there's been a tag. There kind of has been a tag for all argument's sake, but yeah. there's at least like a little gimmicks went on there. No, exactly, exactly. So yeah. Ted Stryker, finally, I'd like to put over Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley feud could be class at WrestleMania um, for the NXT title rather than the same old shape. I'm fucking stoked for that as well. I think everyone's yeah. into that. I think everyone's uh, and then I think they'll do a cracking match, but I really want them to keep to put Ripley over because I think that you yeah. could you could give Charlotte a fucking kryptonite. Yeah, I, I I don't think if if that match does happen at WrestleMania, I think Ripley will go over Charlotte. I think so. I th- I'd really hope to see it. I mean, if not, they could do some interesting stuff with Charlotte back down in NXT. But I think that they've lost. They've stripped the they'll NXT not put Charlotte back to NXT. They'll not put Charlotte back to NXT because that women's uh, division is absolutely stacked. Yeah. And he's burying uh, the WWE tag team division for constantly having fatal four to eight ways or for no fucking reason. Get to fuck, all yees. No, multi-man matches. I know, I know. So that's your buddy putovers for this week. <laughs> Love is in the air as we head towards Valentine's. Love is in the air, and what better present to give than the gift of wrestling to your loved one? Yeah, you can buy wrestling daft merch for your loved one. That's what I'm basically trying to say here. Right now, drop that hint to the partner in your life. You know, that big wrestling fan in your life. Say, I want a wrestling daft t-shirt. Hint, hint. And who knows, Cupid might be firing you one for Valentine's Day. And do you know what? We've got a brand new t-shirt up on our merch store. It's the one that you all voted on. It's I'm a Mark and it is an absolute belter. So get on to the shop now. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. That's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. You can check out our full range of t-shirts including our new one I'm a Mark and you can be getting your whole this Valentine's Day by buying a bit of wrestling daft merch for your loved one. I promise you, it will guarantee it. Now, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's your fifth T-shirt, is it not? Moving on. Because um, I was going to say, because if it is, that means you now can wear a wrestling <laughs> daft T-shirt every day of the working week if that, you decide to so, buy the full collection. Yeah, that's true. That may work. Yeah. So if you do want to buy a T-shirt and, you know, who knows, get some loving... Um, <laughs> Head to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Um, remember, get your pick on social media. If you do, we'll put you in our Hall of Fame. That's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. You just made the list! Now, we all love a good old wrestling return, don't we? You know when that superstar has been on the shelf and returns like Cena in the Royal Rumble in 2008. Maybe it's the return of someone who went to a different company a la Brock Lesnar, or in Edge's case this year, a return from a career-threatening injury. And that's why this week we want to look at the great wrestling returns ever on the list of wrestling daft. No Rudo here, no Grado here, no Rab here, so I've decided to do it. So here is my top three wrestling returns. Rock revealed on Raw as the host of WrestleMania 27. Finally, The Rock has come back to Anaheim! Now, bit of a strange one, this. Because, I think it counts, though. But this is really, you know, there's some great Rock returns because he has been back and forth, back and forth. But this is really an ode to Grado because Grado isn't here 
and he popped so much because this is the first WrestleMania that Grado went to WrestleMania 27. I mean, it was probably one of the worst main events of any WrestleMania card because it was Cena versus The Miz. Oh, that ended in like with the Rock's involvement and stuff, didn't it? Well, that's exactly Don't it. make us remember that, John. Yeah, Don't make us remember they, that. They revealed on Raw, you know, this host, and it was a brilliant, it was brilliantly set up. Nobody seemed to know that. Yeah, because the they had like coming. the electricity going yeah, through the screen and they stuff had the like that. Yeah, the electricity surging. You know, then the lights go out one by one, and then suddenly you just hear it. If you smell, and the crowd just pop. It's it's amazing. And obviously, Rock comes down, cuts an amazing promo. It's the time where it's the awful computer general manager thing, oh, and he just. Sh- you mean Hornswoggle? Yeah, and he cut cuts it down, cuts it, uh, Michael Cole down, just. Really, really good. The only thing it lets it down is this, and I'm never, never going away. Yeah, right, Dwayne. Yeah, sure. Two matches later. <laughs> so Three matches later, sorry, technically. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I built towards, obviously, Cena versus The Rock, one and two. So that is getting my number three. And number two, it's the Hardy Boys at WrestleMania 33. I wonder who this fourth team could possibly be. How could this not be on the list? I think no one's, well, you can't say no one saw it coming considering they like were competed at a show the night before against the Bucks, but it was still huge. No, I, I don't think, I mean, there was rumours swirling around for months, you know, the, the Hardys had left their contracts at TNA. They also, they did a big spot in ROH when they first appeared and they were like, we've just signed the biggest contract in all of Ring of Honor history and stuff like yeah, that as they, well. Yeah, they did all of that, but you know, nobody saw this return, I don't think, I mean, there was rumours. But the fact that they wrestled the Young Bucks the night before WrestleMania in a ladder match, and then the WrestleMania moment happens, the New Day are hosting it, they come out and they say, we're changing this triple threat into a fatal four-way. And then they they do this kind of movement as if they're going to come down and join the the match. But then, boom! The crowd just, the pop, you won't... It was the word delete, and then it would, but it was the fact it was the Hardy Boys. It wasn't the Broken Hardy Boys, and like yeah. Mac is having to like restrain himself from doing the arm thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, you know, what I thought that it was a great return. And at number one, Alex, you're probably a bit too young to remember this, but this for me was the first memorable wrestling return. So hang on, Wait, before we're getting onto this, you've not included either of the edge returns in all of your list, John. No. In that case, I fucking hate your list. No. <laughs> I think it was too, it's too soon. I'm sure in history, um, you know... What about Edge his previous done. one at the Rumble, maybe like 10 years ago? Oh, no. You're a Mark for Edge, though. Yeah, I'm totally a little yeah, Mark for yeah. Edge right now. But it had to be WrestleMania 8 and the return of the Ultimate Warrior. This is it. This is crazy. Beefcake can't help him. He don't have a friend left. Wait a minute. What? It's the Warriors music. Now, I don't know if you've seen this show. What a stacked card it was. Macho Man versus Flair for the championships. Piper versus Hitman. Uh, Jake Snake Roberts versus Undertaker. And then there was Hogan fighting Sid Justice. Now, in the match, Papa Shango interferes. There's a beat down on Hogan. The music then hits. 
Here he comes from out of nowhere, the warrior, the ultimate warrior, storming to ringside, wipes them all out, you know, hands up with Hogan at the end. What a what an amazing, amazing return. I mean, previously he was having contract disputes over pay with the WWE, though he was under contract, or WWF as it was at the time, because um, he refused to wrestle at SummerSlam. He'd been out for eight, nine months, and then bang, that's him back at WrestleMania. In the main event as well. The thing is, though, I mean, I remember going to school the next again day. Now, he had really lost a bit of bulk, Warrior, at the time, over the time he'd been missing. And there was all sorts Those of rumours. Steroids are nice and expensive. Yeah, yeah. There's and if you're not working, how the fuck do you afford them? <laughs> That's true. He was still in that big uh, money because he still had the contract. So big rumours that it was this different Ultimate Warrior. Uh, the, the previous Ultimate Warrior had been killed in the car crash. But that wasn't the truth. And it was Warrior back at WrestleMania. And what a return it was. So that's my favourite returns. What were your favourite returns? Let's go into social media here. Gaz Bannon, the Hardys at Mania 33 was amazing, agrees with me. Even better since I was in my honeymoon. That's an amazing honeymoon, by the way. Imagine saying to your wife, we're going to WrestleMania. She might have suggested it. True. You never know. True, true, true. Westy and Mickey Whiplash at Baramania in the body bag. Were you there for that one, Alex? No, I don't think I was. And I'm a big, I'm a big mark for Mikey Whiplash as well. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Degnan, the Dudley Boys in 2015. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I quite liked that. That was, was out of the nowhere. The run was crap, though. Yeah, like. the run the run was pretty rubbish, wasn't it? They got they got the the tag belts back, didn't they? I think they, they got they, it for maybe they, a couple they, of yeah, weeks, they, but it wasn't yeah. a particularly big run. And I think Billy was just off his TNA stuff as well, so yeah. he was hot at the time, actually. Uh, Chris uh, Brock Lesnar's return in twenty twelve. That was the Raw after Mania. I believe was it? so. Now, see, I'd been away that year, and basically, or I was been, I'd been away on some kind of trip for Mania, and so basically, I hadn't watched it. I'd managed to avoid all spoilers, and I was getting a lift back to my flat from one of my friends, and he's just like, "Oh, so you excited the Brock's back?" And I'm just like, "It was that. It was you know, he came down, obviously nailed Cena." Uh, kicked his the base bit and this is what Chris says he kicked the baseball cap into the crowd really <laughs> heel stuff I love that and you always got that there's always that guy of that pure wee mark going doing Brock's thing oh yeah, he's great it's, yeah. him and, it's him and the, and the Undertaker shock look guy I think are the two yeah. great wrestling gifts absolutely uh, Kane's return in 2000 what innovation don't remember that one actually Does that, he came down with Paul Bearer I think is that not when he came down with the change in mask or something like uh, that? They yeah. embrace the hate Cena things, Potentially. maybe. That's what it was. Shane McMahon, more comebacks, but they're a cheeky wee bastard, says Ken Boy. Ken Boy. The last time he did the, the comeback, but he obviously he overstayed his welcome slightly, well, th- but he really popped when he came oh, back yeah. the last time. Uh, currently wrestling daft champion Mikey uh, says the Undertaker's return as the dead man after the American badass was buried alive. As a kid, I thought it was legit buried alive and had come back from the dead. Blew my <laughs> mind. Love that. And uh, Barry, finally, Gradle returning from China Buffy King during the British boot camp has to be up there. <laughs> Al Snow's face was great. What a return. We'll have, we'll have to ask Gradle about that when he's back. It's a shame you didn't ask that to Al Snow when he was on the podcast a couple of months ago. <laughs> It's now time for your chance to win a crate of beer in our B52 match of the week. Last week, Rudo asked you to watch Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24, and he wanted to know which current superstar was front row for the match. The answer was, of course, Charlotte Flair. So congrats to this uh, Twitter name, which I love. Fakin Bullshit on Twitter. I hope that's actually his real name. I hope And you've so. just massively misconstrued it. Yeah, yeah. Fakin Bullshit on Twitter. Uh, you nailed it. So you get beer this week. Right now, we have more chances for you to win beer. We pick a classic wrestling match to watch. All you have to do is answer the question on it. Everyone who gets the right answer goes into the draw to win the beer. You can enter by checking out our Facebook page or our Twitter. We'll tweet that out, at Wrestling Daft. 
Uh, winners must be over 18 and stay in the UK. And I am in charge of picking this match this week because Rudo was a last-minute call-off. And I have went for Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. The championship versus mask match at Halloween Havoc 1997. Ooh, now, if you haven't... WCW as well. Yeah, if you haven't seen this match from WCW... It's very much WCW Cruiser. Like, yeah, it's Cruiser Weight and it's heyday. Yeah. It's 83 weeks still happening uh, on WCW, WWF landscape at the time. Um, and, you know, Eddie and Ray have obviously fought so many times. But this is the kind of birth of that kind of relationship mm. and I don't think they've done a better match than this I, re- I really think it, it's just phenomenal the ring work is incredible and it, the way it inspired me actually I was um, listening to Chris Jericho's podcast who did a kind of gathering of the Guerreros I and saw the pictures on Instagram I haven't listened to the episode yet yeah though. and it, it just reminded how good Eddie was so I thought I'd pick an Eddie match out and that for me it was his number one opponent Ray was always his go-to opponent Eddie Guerrero and that for me is probably the best match they did I do have one of my friends who I grew up with every year on the, like I don't speak to him that much but every year on the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death I just get a text that literally just says Viva La Raza Holmes and that's that's literally <laughs> it I love that I love that so all I want to do all I want to know is uh, what car was Ray's ring gear in that match simple just tell us what that is and you can win a crate of beer and you can get free beer from Beer52 as well all you need to do now is head to beer52.com forward slash wrestling and we'll sort out free beers just cover 4 95 for the postage and packaging so you don't even have to enter the competition and you can get free beers for 4 95 you can get a carry out for the weekend so beer52.com forward slash wrestling and as your wrestling daft listener these normally they normally do offers for 8 beers but as your wrestling daft listener you'll get 10 free beers in that box cracking it's a monthly subscription service for beer so just go to beer52.com forward slash wrestling and get your first case of 10 beers for free good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the sold out ICW France 98 Tony live tonight England's Now it's time on Wrestling Daft to intro a man who is used to introing other people. So I'll put on my best uh, ring announcer voice here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wrestling Daft, the voice of wrestling in Scotland. He is the owner of One Fall Media, hailing from... Where are you from, Simon? Uh, Paisley. Paisley! Please welcome Simon Cassidy! Thank you very much. Uh, I actually feel quite threatened by that. So if you could, uh, if you'd never do that again, that'd be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I, I was genuinely surprised at how good that was, John. I'm, Ten points. I'm, oh, excellent. I'm, I'm trying to earn eleven here. That's uh, available for bookings. <laughs> available for bookings. Not the games. <laughs> Maybe you're just happy. That, hope that Dallas doesn't listen to this episode. Then. <laughs> Hopefully, Simon. <laughs> thank you very much for for coming in. Uh, apologies that Rudo isn't here. He's the one that actually booked to come in. Yeah, and uh, he's obviously not here. No, um, no. Thank you very much for having me. But let's start at the start. How the hell did you become a ring announcer in wrestling? Uh, with me, it was a fairly strange route. Right. Um, so basically, back when I was, uh, I think it was, must be about 18, 19, uh, myself and, well, you'll probably recognize his name, DCT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, interna- international sex hero or glam rock god or whatever it is he's doing now. 
He's, <laughs> you two he, did have a nice moment in the ring on Sunday as well. He's, he's returned from the outback and he's a bit strange. Uh, yeah, so, makeup and long hair, I wasn't quite ready for that myself. Well, aye, it's, uh, it's a bit different, but more power to him. But uh, <laughs> to be fair, he did, he did great over there, so I'm really hoping that, that carries on now that he's now he's back. But yeah, is, so, he back is he back for good? Uh, I, who knows? Oh, <laughs> don't break it, KK. Dee and myself have been friends since we were about 14, 15. Uh, and when we were around about 18, we discovered there was a wrestling school uh, based in a small unit in Linwood uh, called Area 52. So naturally, we were convinced, you know, this is it. This is the time. We need to we need to make this happen. The tag team you've been talking about oh, all that time. Oh, we were we were convinced. Give us two years. We were, we were, at the time, the big thing was we're going to be SWA tag team right, champions. Right, okay. And did you, have your, did you have your finisher all set out as a tag team? Not quite, but we probably had more ideas than right. we should have. We right, probably... okay. So what was going to be your gimmick? Come on, I'm intrigued at this. You and DCT tag team. Well, I think in our minds we didn't really need a gimmick. I right, think, okay. Because you think... were the international sex yeah, symbols that you already are. I, th- I think in our minds we were charismatic enough that no gimmick was required. We would just walk out Fair and enough. be international sensations. That was kind of it. <laughs> I think at one point I got, we went to Malia or something and I got a t-shirt printed that said uh, like the headline or something on it. And it's a good wrestler name that. Is it? I well, think that the headline is a really, really good gimmick. I'm it's never been used. That is, be that is excellent. So uh, that's uh, patent pending before <laughs> anyone. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we went along with the two of us and another couple of our friends to Area 52, uh, did training for, there's a wild disparity. Some, one of our friends says we did it for like nearly a year. I'm sure it was three or four months. I, <laughs> I'm convinced it was no longer than that. And uh, a few a few months in, was going okay. Um, I took a back body drop, landed slightly awkwardly in my back, hurt myself a wee bit. Like, not, not, not one of these debilitating injuries, but a wee bit and went, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm not, done. Not for me, no. <laughs> but, um, but the thing for me was, I, for some reason in my head, I never thought I would actually be a wrestler. No. My thing was always I wanted to, to kind of be a talker. So in my head, I was going to be either Paul Heyman or Bobby the Brain Heenan right. or a kind, of, a, a kind of manager. And at the time, I was doing I was doing my master's in journalism and I was doing quite a lot of radio presenting uh, as well. So I figured, all right, so I'll just stop training and I'll start up a wrestling website. So again, me and DCT, he kind of drifted away from it, uh, set up at WrestleShark.com, which was the... Everyone's on Google right now. I, I, believe, I believe I've let the domain, the domain lapse. <laughs> but, um, we were, I take great pride in saying we were the first uh, Scottish wrestling news website. Right. Um, so we reached, reached out to all the companies and said, look, we're setting up this website. We'd like to cover your show. We'd like to come along. And uh, at the time, because it was fairly new, this was very well received. So we, like ICW invited us yeah, in, PBW invited like So then we started a podcast. That is a sorry. I've just been I've just been shown the current state of WrestleShark.com. Have you changed to a Japanese wrestling and, uh, website by any chance? And it appears to be a, it appears to be some kind of Chinese marketing website. That's, that's um yeah. I have no words for what that. this is. Uh, well, I guess that's that. Then I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. But yeah, so we. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, we started up that, and uh, we started a podcast, uh, The Shark Tank. Like it. Um, Did so you get sued by the American version of Dragon's Den? No, which is astounding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, over the course of that, DCT, who had abandoned training with me years earlier, we went to WrestleMania, he got the bug, and the next week he went back and was getting off the races. So a wee, a wee while later, he... I'd literally get a text off Monday saying, um, oh give Big Demo a phone. So Big Demo, Kelly and Dane, 
uh, had taken over the, the SWA training school by that point. And I think DCT was gearing up for his, his debut. And so I phoned I phoned Demo and he went, uh, went yeah, just uh, how do you how do you fancy giving a ring announcing a shot? And I went, oh, yeah, okay, what? Anyway? Yeah, uh, Dee was saying that you did, you hosted a few shows kind of around town, you'd, you've done some radio work, obviously, the podcast. Uh, yeah, we, we need a ring announcer for our friends and family show. Do you fancy giving it a, giving it a go? So I jumped at it, uh, went, did that. About a month later, uh, there was 40 people in the crowd. I had no microphone. Um, I accidentally made a title match that wasn't a title match, <laughs> uh, which, in hindsight, it was just as well that the champion was winning because otherwise <laughs> but again in my head I didn't think oh it's just a friend's family show they'll figure out a workaround in my head I was going I can't believe it I've done it I've ruined it that's it that's my career done I lasted three matches and that's it it's over your wiki entry is going to be Simon Castor <laughs> fucking ruined a family wrestling show on. <laughs> yeah so, so that kind of worked and then realistically in a fairly short space of time things just kind of kind of clicked and picked you were up doing backstage stuff originally for ICW yeah, you were yeah. doing the backstage interviews before progressing into in, yeah. into how did that transition happen there so that was a bit of a a bit of a random one it was I had been kind of doing the Wrestle Shark stuff uh, so I'd gotten to know kind of Mark Dallas quite well Chris Renfrew Billy Kirkwood um, and they basically kind of pitched for me to fill in on commentary one night and I remember the thing because at the time I worked in I worked in a garden centre and uh, I got a text saying any chance you could make it to Edinburgh for six o'clock and I don't think I've ever abandoned my job so quickly in my life <laughs> like, oh my granny's just gone down sick I, I, need, I need to leave immediately I'm not even sure I made an excuse I think I just kind of what, left <laughs> <laughs> like I think I just kind of left and a couple of hours later I was in Edinburgh uh, getting told yeah you're, you're doing commentary it was a uh, tram spotting uh, you and, and Billy then I take it yeah so it was, so it was me and Billy um, did, did commentary went okay but it was it was never going to be my permanent gig Hmm. So they kind of went, oh, we'll find we'll find something for you to do because you know you're obviously you're obviously something. So I, I kind of did backstage interviewing for a wee while. Um, nothing really that significant ever happened. And then a few weeks later, it was the the NAK were attacking the at the time ring announcer, and they went, oh, we're going to do this gimmick where uh, we we attack her because she needs to go off because she was pregnant, so she needs to go off to have to have her have her baby, and we're going to bring you out. Uh, but it's just going to be a one night thing. One night thing, we're going to bring you out, and then the old ring announcer was going to be coming back. So apparently he had been told that, you know, you're back as of the next the next show. And I was like, all right, okay, I'll, I'll go and do that. So absolutely terrified. My first night on the job for ICW, uh, the Sumerian Death Squad were in it. Jeez. So Tommy, Tommy End, a.k.a. Alistair Black, Michael Dante, uh, Finn Balor, at the time, Fergal Devitt, when he had the... Like the laundry list oh, that of was accomplishments. Oh, the whole titles. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so oh my god. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was also the night that Rudo dropped the title to Mickey Whiplash. So it was a big show. Yeah. And I've just been told, I just go, just on you go. But for context, at this point, I've been doing ring announcing about maybe three or four months, <laughs> and I'm now in what at the time and arguably still is. Comfortably the biggest company in the UK, probably in Europe at the time, and I'm going, but I'm wildly out of my depth. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem this doesn't seem right. And a few days later, I literally got a Facebook message off Mark Dallas, who, who again had just kind of went, you know, did a really good job, really happy with it. But you know, we'll, again, we'll, we'll figure out something for you to some for you to do. Uh, I think, and the time he was thinking maybe having a kind of roving reporter type idea and just right. keep doing the backstage interview stuff. And I literally got a. Uh, Facebook message off my couple of days later that said uh, you're my new ring announcer uh, 
you're sexy bastard buy a suit <laughs> <laughs> and that was it so that was the that was the tale of how I became involved in ICW <laughs> but then it's obviously progressed because you do not just ICW you do PBW yeah, yeah. do you do SWA uh, I do to be honest I do most of the places yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. in, in and around, yeah, in and around Glasgow make, so you've got a monopoly on Scottish ring it's it, 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 but, I mean, yeah, you've you've announced some big people to the ring, you know. So you're working ICW and doing the hydro shows. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I read somewhere that uh, when you announced Kurt Angle, you hadn't met him backstage, and you weren't too sure <laughs> of where he was from and what his weight was. Is yeah, this true? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you very right. much. Yeah. Right. So it's different. There's a difference between knowing <laughs> where someone's from and just to watch it and what they want in their introduction. Right. Because. A lot of things like you'll see guys on TV and go, oh, that's their intro. But the second they get on indie shows, they would things in their head that they've wanted to say all the time. So they've got gimmicks they've wanted to say, they've got names they've wanted to use, they've, maybe they've dropped a little bit of weight and they don't care too much for you adding 30 pounds on <laughs> their, their current stature. Um, but just through circumstance, I didn't get to meet Kirk because he was doing the kind of fan meet and greet. He was doing X, Y, and Z. And so I just had, kind of had to go and do like sound check and then go out and do the show. And then when they went, oh yeah, there's definitely no interval, by the way. I went, wait, when was there going to be one? And I went, oh yeah, we had one back, but it's gone now. And I went, right, okay, someone needs to go and get Kurt Angle and find out his introduction. And it was, bless him, I can't even remember what member of Ring Crew it was, but there were 6,000 people in attendance. So I was mildly stressed that I now had, <laughs> I now had the, main, the two main events of the evening to go and I had no chance to go back and double check what was what was happening. So I went and I, I, like, I kind of called him over. Oh, what is it? And I went, oh, you, you need to go and get Kurt Angle. Uh, I need to know his weight, I need to know his hometown, I need to know what he wants <laughs> said in the ring. And he went, oh, right. Um, so, what? I was like, right, <laughs> right. You, you need to pay attention because, believe it or not, they're wanting me to shout something else in a wee second. Go, get Kurt Angle, write down what he wants in his introduction and come back to me. And he went, right, what room's Kurt Angle in it? And I, to this day, I feel quite bad. I went, well, imagine the one that says Kurt Angle in the door. <laughs> And it, it kind of scarped off. I, I think I apologised later on. I probably didn't. But, but yeah, so he came back out and it, as it turns out, it was just right. Olympic gold medalist. There was nothing, but a more t- a mildly more terrifying one than that, purely because of who involved, was uh, when Sabu first came to ICW. <laughs> you don't want to mess up his intro. Oh, so again, for context, I'd only been ring announcing maybe six months at this point, And I'd gone from 40 people in a Friends and Family show to a thousand people in the Edinburgh Picture House. And Sabu had arrived late, so I'd been out and started the show. And then it came time for the main event, and I did not have a clue what he wanted in the intro. But I thought, Sabu, I know. I know Sabu. I, I know the shtick. So he then comes out, the place is buzzing, and I get in the middle of the ring to do the big corner to corner intros. And he just kind of saunters over to me and goes, Do you know my introduction? <laughs> and you know, I'm like, yes. And you're all going through his, I really hope whatever I've got in my mind. Is his introduction because <laughs> because if it's not, I, you're going to see, find yourself is, involved in this match. Oh, this is not going to go well. Like. <laughs> but people had already told me like somebody came over to me and went, Sabu was just looking around backstage for a spike to put in his boot. I was like, what? <laughs> like why? And then she was fight halfway through the match with Jester. He just pulled a spike out his boot and started <laughs> like. Going Jester to, going would have been town. fucking loving that. Let's be honest. Oh, I think. I mean, I think he was slightly taken aback at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but. But yeah, so uh, introductions can be scary. Yeah. So just 
make sure you know what you're saying before. So, you... Do you have to do a lot of research before an event, do you, or do you do that all on the night where you go around the, the guys? I mean, you'll know most of them by now. But Gen- generally speaking, on the on the, I suppose I say on the Andes as if I work anywhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite hard to do research on them because it's not like a lot of the guys don't have a Wikipedia page. There's like cagematch.net, which is the most horrifying entity known to man. But, uh, but no, in terms of research, I do tend to make a point of doing most of it on the night of the show. Right, um, yeah. So just go around the guys and yeah, go, right, realize, watch it, what you're ringing in. If nothing else, it's it's good etiquette yeah. um, to go up, make sure you shake every sand, say, look, what do you want in your intro? Um, because, I, not to kind of name and shame, but there are an awful lot of ring announcers that don't do that. And they kind of go backstage and they're quite shy, quite retiring. And I think they feel, oh, I'm not a wrestler. I'll just sit back. And it's like, if you take that attitude, you're never going to be friends with them. You're never going to be part of the team. So, like, go in, do your job, do it well, and talk to folk. Like, it's like any job. Yeah, it seems a bit weird that you wouldn't want to kind of, like, ingratiate yourselves with the people around you and with the crew. I I think some people, it's just they're quite... They're quite shy and reti- quite shy and retiring. But you're and a bloody ring announcer. You can't be shy and retiring if you're a ring announcer. Well, I can see why you think that, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you have to practice? Um, do you do you go into your room? Yeah, and you go into your room and just like. Coming to the ring. Yeah, I mean, do you actually? Have yeah, because you'd have to develop a voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm not. I'm not exceptionally proud of this, but uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I do it less now just because yeah. I'm, I'm more into it but uh, one one thing I, I, I hate is uh, wrestling announcers that use cue cards like I get having them but see the number of shows you watch and guys just get a sheet of A4 paper in their hand if, if you need cue cards have cue cards the cues the, the clue is kind of in the name <laughs> have something you can kind of hide it's discreet like Bruce Buffer you never think he's holding a bit of paper even though it's clearly up in front of his face you don't think about it because it's kind of small and not yeah. really that noticeable so I always try and memorise the match before I go and do it. So you will, every now and then, catch me confusing a member of Ringside Crew because he's sitting watching the match and I'm sitting going, ladies and gentlemen, following contest, a fatal four-way match, introducing first, blah, 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 blah. Because there's a lot of things to remember and you need to remember the order entry and the, like, the waiting home town. So I sometimes run through it because for some reason, the way my memory works, I will remember it better if I say it in my fake ring announcer voice. <laughs> 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 so like... There have been times I have caught myself if I really need to remember something just day to day, I'll kind of announce it as I'm going about yeah. because it sticks in my head better. I think I've developed a sickness, really. <laughs> oh, you've developed a brand new memory technique. Because now, well, now that I've said that out loud, that doesn't sound especially normal. It, it doesn't sound especially normal, but it sounds like it fucking works. And yeah. I think that's the important thing to take from well, it. I think, like the the one I'm the couple the couple of things I'm proudest of managing to remember is uh, Kushida's intro, uh, Shugs last year. Uh, by the time he finished up in the Indies to go to NXT, I had uh, Finn Balor's list of accomplishments down pat. <laughs> I could have told you that backwards in my sleep. Because I remember one night, one night on backstage at a show, and uh, a runner came and went, oh, uh, uh, Fergal, Fergal wants to see the ring announcer. And I went through, and I walked in, and he was getting his kind of body paint stuff put on. And I walked in, and he went, oh, it's you. Oh, you're fine, you've got this. And I'm like, there is no greater seal of approval yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. than arguably the best on the planet going, oh, Thank God it's you. I thought we were going to go through all this again. Can, well, you, can you do Fergal's list of accomplishments? Come on, Fergal. Come on, Fergal. Ah, he's been gone a while. Ah, <laughs> ah, but that's why right. it's a challenge. Right, come on, let's right, let's, let's, take, let's take a bash at this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, introducing first. From Bray, County Wicklow, Ireland, he is a former CMLL middle heavyweight champion, former NWA British heavyweight champion, former... Go on, Simon, go on! <laughs> Uh, was it six-time IWGP Tag Team Champion? 
Former. I think he was junior tag team champion. Three, ah, some like, yeah. three time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Best of the super juniors. Prince Fergal David. Nice. I think you messed out a couple of I more. messed out so many. I'm pretty fucking good at <laughs> so he, He's been gone a while. Yeah, he's been gone. He's, he's, he's making the big penny money now, you know. Because obviously, memorizing. When is it going tits up? Because let's face the facts, if you're memorising stuff, there must have been a time you've either called the wrong person out or oh. you've said the wrong info. Or... Oh, I, absolutely. Um, <laughs> right. The the one I'm most ashamed of, uh, and I believe it was my first appearance on Botchermania, was uh, ICW were doing a tour of England and we got to Manchester. And one, they'd come and said, oh, uh, Lad Bible are going to be live streaming tonight's main event. And it was like uh, it, was, it was like Joe Coffey, Big Demo, and someone else in a tag team match. So it was kind of kind of a big match. It was heading into like Shugs, I think. And on top of that, William Regal was there, and he was there to scout. I believe scout and meet with Noam Dar ahead of the Cruiserweight Classic. I could I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was part of the reason he was there. Right. And also just to kind of see the company. But it was just before Noam went over, so I think that was part of it. So I went in. Show's going great. Crowder, Crowder rocking. Crowder, Crowder up for it. And I get to, just get just before, I'm going, right, here we go, get in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is your evening's main event. And Sean McLaughlin uh, just leans over and goes, hm, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the middle of the ring, I'm looking at it, just kind of went, what? <laughs> and he went, it's not the main event. And I went, ah, yes. And he went, what Oh, Wolfie and Noam. So, not as if two forgettable names. <laughs> and I went, oh, Christ, so that's... Ladies and gentlemen, there's a small chance this is not your main event of the evening. <laughs> is that not what you could have just been like, your co-main event or something? Oh, I mean... Like, uh, uh, some extra but, the, like, William Regal was sitting there watching you, first time you've ever met the man, going, this is my time to shine, and you botch an absolute <laughs> belter. Oh, he's got one of those faces, like, you just need to stare, just stare you down, with, like a blank look, and you're like, am I doing well, Mr. Regal? No, you're fucking not, Simon, sorry. But, but, see, so on that, actually, would what is a way into, say, the WWE or the AEW or Impact or, or something like that, would you be scouted as a <coughs> ring announcer or would you have to go through the demo process for a start I don't really know because sadly I've not been employed by any of them but, um, <laughs> but have, you tra- have, have, have you tried have you tried uh, I have made I have reached out through a couple of people um, yeah. and had some had some good feedback but nothing ever has kind of come of it hopefully it will someday yeah, absolutely um, but I, th- I think one of the things for me is as far as I'm aware I think the key is just be everywhere be as yeah. many places as you can be really present on social media, get your tapes out there, get good footage of yourself, and just try and make the right contacts. Uh, there's not really another way to do it. I would assume you'd still need to audition. I, I very much doubt they're just going to come to your door one day and go, you're the one for us. Uh, either AEW or Impact or NXT UK or whatever it is. But I think for me, the thing was, when I first started doing it, my thought process was, I'm never going to get signed anywhere. Because, one, I'm Scottish. <laughs> but, I mean, Which is the harshest accent on earth? But I think I mean in your ring announcer voice, Simon, you don't oh, yeah. you don't know it's quite neutral. It's quite neutral, yeah. you know. Well, that was one thing I did try quite hard to do because everyone yeah. always talks about the the SECC and it was the kind of biggest moment. So for me, when I did the SECC, because I assumed this was it, this is the pinnacle. These are the pictures I'm going to print off and show to my grandkids one day. This is <laughs> yeah. this is the top, and then the year after that was hydro, and then a couple years later. All of them was going, well, you know, enjoy this because this is the biggest thing. The slightly frustrating thing now is that NXT UK exists, 
and you see guys from the UK getting taken over in kind of other roles. So now it's that like it's a, a, now that an, an option, you do kind of find yourself going, I wonder if I could get. Well, maybe you never know. Of course you could, but course um, you, could. But okay, you know you never know what's down the line. To be fair, yeah. like certainly with NXT UK, they've got Andy Shepard and they've got a great crew, and I don't think they're even passionately looking. Andy is very. Why good. would he's you kiss him? He's, good he's yeah. very good, and, and, and he's so handsome. And they've had him. They've had him <laughs> in a lot of the backstage skits and stuff. Yeah, like the and so you know, he's doing like oh, the do full shebang because like, he does all that um, all the MMA kind of yeah. broadcasting mm-hmm. and whatnot as well. So he's exceptional at what he does. So I don't at the moment I don't think there's a gap there, but you never know what. What comes down the line? Absolutely, but um, but with, back to the SEC. Sorry, I kind of wandered off and we oh, tangent sometimes. Right. But um, back to the SEC. I everyone else looks back at that and goes, "What a night! What a great show that was!" I look back at it and go, "Your enunciation is absolutely shocking." <laughs> <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, the following contest. And I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> enunciate! Enunciate, you fool!" <laughs> So you mentioned the SCCC there. Was that the greatest moment in your wrestling announcing career or was there another? Um, I would say probably it's very, very hard to overlook doing the Hydro that first time. Right. Because it was, the SCCC was incredible. But the Hydro was, for context, another 2,000 people yeah, came crazy. along to that. And just the calibre of people on it and the hype that was behind it, like... The amount of money that was got spent on that show oh, as well. Oh, the, was, the like, card was, was fucking... The card insane. Was insane. <laughs> it's insane. But that's the thing, like, I'm at, like, so physically standing there going, this is real, this is actually happening. You're going to be the first one to walk out to start a show in the Hydro. Like, that was... Yeah. I, I would never have believed that if you'd, in a million years. And I'd only been doing it a couple of years at that stage. Mm-hmm. So it was ludicrous. So it's, it's always very hard to over- overlook that. From a kind of more sentimental point of view... Uh, I've got a couple of favourite moments one is the Edinburgh Picture House uh, because it was the first time ICW had got a thousand people was that Cole Grado? Uh, Cole Commander Grado and then yeah. Jeff can we please uh, call them the Iron Jew please because that's <laughs> the only way I know Cole Grado thank you what a tag team that was yeah it was fair. fucking fantastic but, um, but no because so it was the that was meant to be the match from heaven and then it was Jester and, Jester and uh, Sabu was the match from hell yeah and it was a uh, I don't know, there was something about that show because it was originally scheduled. It's a great venue. Yeah. It was a great venue. I'm devastated it's a Weatherspoons now. Yeah. But, um, oh, my heart's just broke. Oh. It is the Weatherspoons business model, though. It's not, it's literally look at a building and go, could put a pub in that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had to have been something before. It had to have been like a bank or a cinema so they could name it really fucking easily. Like I'm that. not sure that's true anymore. I think they would just look at buildings and go, hi, ah, you could definitely put a pub in that. <laughs> But um, but I, there was just something in the air that night that was you felt it was the start of something yeah. because it can be going from strength to strength in the garage. So then to go to a city that's further further away from your home base to have to upscale the venue to then have it be your biggest show ever, it just felt like the start of something really special. And I think everyone on the show felt and all that. the fans of crowd kind of felt that. So that's a good night. From a personal standpoint, announcing DCT winning the ICW World Title. Ah, right, purely yeah, from a sentimental yeah, standpoint course. it's very hard to overlook that was yeah. there tears in your eyes that night no <laughs> certainly don't <laughs> c- certainly don't go back and look at the footage that would be <laughs> <laughs> who, so if you ever won that ICW heavyweight title who would you want to announce it like who's your favourite announcer personally I'm busy trying to figure out what horrendous series of events have taken place that I am now the world heavyweight <laughs> champion <laughs> physically how many bodies have to drop before they go Cassidy get in there this is your moment son um, for me it would have to be either Howard Finkel yeah. because he's just the best wrestler ring announcer of all time yeah. he just is and if you disagree with that you're wrong <laughs> it's, uh, or Bruce Buffer is the man yeah, yeah like, he's, he's just really fucking is. He, he's just the man everything he does look at him 
So handsome. I'll, I'll, admit, I do, <laughs> I'll admit, I do have a real soft spot for Justin Roberts, but only for the way he announces John. Like, we used to announce John! Cena, and now he's doing oh, yeah. it for Huxley. Oh, yeah. that, I, I do really, I really, really like uh, Justin Roberts. I actually ended up, someone from Guinness World Records, uh, I don't know why I did this. I think it was just bored one Friday night. But AEW shared a, a clip, and it was him saying uh, John Moxley, and it went on for like six seconds. And uh, they tagged Guinness World Records in it, and we're like, oh, maybe we need to get an adjudicator out for the next time to see for longest ring announcer. I saw that. And I replied, uh, just saying, I respect Justin Roberts. I think he's a fantastic announcer. However, if we're going for who can do this longest, I humbly throw my name into the ring. But an adjudicator actually got back in touch. Really? He DM'd me on Twitter and was like, yeah, by the way, if this is something you want to do, we can try and make this happen. Where I took slight issue was he went, yeah, the world record for the longest shout is like a minute and a half. And I was like, how dare you? This is art. <laughs> I am not shouting. <laughs> like, this should be a very, this should be a very different thing. So I, I genuinely, I spoke to, uh, I think it was, it was T- Thomas Kearns and Adam Carell. Like, Adam's the kind of camera guy for ICW and Thomas is referee slash social media guy for them. And I genuinely was talking to him that night going, right, we're in the garage on Sunday. If I get my gear on, like early, can we like film something in the ring and like get it on? Get on Twitter. I reckon I can do a solid 20 seconds without breaking a sweat. Like, I'm pretty sure. And it just never done it. I probably should. No, I'm like that. I mean, I mean, no, If Dallas is listening to this, there's money in business to be made in that, I'll tell you. Um, and then think of the feud Justin Roberts versus Simon Cassidy. <laughs> ah, there yeah. we go. The yeah. payoff at fucking Baromania or something. This I remember year, being great. a ring announcer fight on, in pro wrestling. I can't think I've ever seen that. There was. Oh, he's got it. I, I mean, I'd, when, I, when I first started, there was a. Me versus MC Tommy in ICW. It was like Team Tommy versus Team Team Simon, uh, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that then. I right, so like there's just probably the less sentiment in the better. <laughs> but um, yeah, so me, Justin Roberts, best of three, I think. First match at uh, Fear and Loathing, second match, double or nothing. Third one, WrestleMania. We'll get the Fink special guest referee. That sounds up. <laughs> so <laughs> who, who's the best? The best name to announce because you've obviously got Justin Roberts with his John. Who do you personally oh, like to announce? I like to announce any name with a lot of vowels. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, who's the best? Okay, yeah, so you do a good grado. You do you do a lot you grado, do a good grado. Grado is good, but it hurts your throat. Right, yeah. Because like you kinda have to like growl at a certain point. Okay. And it, because, uh, yeah. Um Kaylee Ray is quite good. Because I remember I remember her making a joke to me once about um she went. I, sometimes I'm just standing there wondering when's he going to stop <laughs> because it's just like, handle, hold on to the A at the end right, and, so yeah, yeah. I, I tend to go K Lee for about a week and a half right and then Ray Viper's quite a fun one to announce uh, just because I don't think many other places do it but because she's got all the kind of monikers so like the kind of the vixen of violence the babe of brutality but like in ICW in particular because she's she's Viper yeah. like, everyone loves her she's, she's Piper Niven she's the hometown girl you can actually feel the crowd coming up with you as you run through the names. So by the time you actually get to it, like everybody's get on yeah, their feet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, anything that's got that kind of that kind of feeling behind it is really good. Although I'm also slightly concerned for DCT coming back because he was gradually building a list before he left, and he's been gone oh, for 18 no, months. Oh, he's going to do a, a baller. I think he might do a baller. Oh. I like folk doing a baller as long as they know what their baller list is. Right. Nothing. <laughs> nothing annoys me more than me going, "What do you want your intro?" And they go, oh, "I don't know." The strangest one I've had. And I'm assuming he doesn't listen, so... Yeah, Tatanka. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, was, I was oddly buzzing to meet Tatanka. Oh, yeah. Because I was a huge fan of his growing up. For some reason, he got the most inexplicable undefeated streak <laughs> possibly in <laughs> WWE history. Like, I remember watching him fighting, I think it was like Quang on Superstars. 
and it, it went to a time limit draw, and I was nearly in tears for the trail. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that madman beat Tatanka, and Tatanka didn't he? <laughs> like, oh, but they'll fight again, won't they? What? They, they, but he's still undefeated. Like, I was devastated. Couldn't be consoled. So when I met Tatanka at uh, BCW a couple of years ago, I went up to him going, "Hi, nice to meet you. Um, I'm uh, the ring announcer. What would you like in your in your intro?" And he crossed his arms, went, oh, "Well, I'm sure you've got some ideas." I went, well, <laughs> no. But you know, what are you expecting me to say? Does the baby wants an original introduction per show? Well, uh, he must, because <laughs> I can't think of any other way that that conversation goes. But then had to say to this man who was at one point a childhood hero, just, nah, not really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us about, obviously, outside of the ring, do you have your own business, One Fall Media? Yes. What's that all about? Um, so basically, as a, I kind of mentioned earlier, on my I did jur- journalism at uni, and then when I finished uni, I kind of went on to work in kind of comms, PR, marketing, and just as I was doing more and more of this, I started getting ideas of like, oh, there's various things I could do. Like I could maybe do a little bit of freelance PR here and there, a little bit of freelance like social media management, um, and I was I was doing a couple of podcasts at the time as well. So I just thought I may as well have my own, my own wee company to put yeah. all this under. Um, so one for media seemed to be a fairly a fairly obvious one. I mean, everyone screams one fall at me everywhere I go. Yeah, how does it so, feel to be the man <laughs> that's originated yeah, the most lot, famous chat in British wrestling? Might, a lot of people might not know this, but Simon is actually the originator of the whole world now shouting one fall after the ring announcer. So, I mean, that that is your baby. That is your gift to the world, isn't I mean, it? You te- used to give credit to half the crowd at the garage, I think. I mean, like a 50-50 I mean, to I mean, a certain degree. Technically, technically, yeah, the crowd invented it. Um, truth be told, at first, it really threw me off. I think the difference between me and other places, I just absolutely embraced it. But I embraced it to make my life easier. So because <laughs> like, you would be talking over the top. I would, I would be talking. Yeah, 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 I would be talking, and people would just shout one fall. And uh, I remember, I, I think it's if like uh, Dave's not here, man. If you watch back, you can see me getting physically thrown off because it distract it distracts you. So I just went, oh, I'll just, I'll just, pause. Pa- I'll just pause. Yeah, I'll just pause and let them say it, and then I'll carry on. But then I started subconsciously really ramping up the one foul in the lead up to it. So folk kind of caught, caught into it. So yeah. I just totally kind of, I just kind of turned into it. But I must, I must amaze you now that when you watch a wrestling show, WrestleMania, oh. that people are actually yeah. shouting this back. You know? It is insane. What I don't understand is the people that you get online that are like, oh, hate the one fall chant. It's like, why? It's, it's not even in what? the middle of a yeah, match. It's, not, like it's at it's the not, beginning. It's not in the middle of the match. It's not detracting from anything. It's actually, see if you're trying to get a show back on track, one fall is the greatest gift you can have as a ring announcer, <laughs> and anyone that ignores it is a fool. So if the crowd's chit-chatting and blah, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the following contest, everyone's still talking really loud, it's for one fall! Like, that the yeah. room's back fo- focused in the ring. Yeah. It's, so I, I, I don't understand the kind of resentment towards it. Let people have fun. Exactly. No one complains about let's get ready to rumble. No one complains about it's time. It's the same thing. Have you got a trademark? Uh, I do have a trademark. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Well done, that man. Because uh, Buffalo's got a trademark that let's get ready to rumble. You have yep. to pay coin every time you use that. Fantastic. Well, as well, it's good for That's merch, amazing. is it not, as well? It, is, like it, is, it is quite handy for merch, yes. Have you, got Simon, have you got Simon Cassidy 1-4 t-shirts? Please tell me uh, you do. Well, I'm currently wearing uh, a spin-off of 1-4 t-shirts. This is uh, the official Tinfoil Hat Club. T-shirts uh, associated with it. Uh, that's a bit weird. A brand new comedy talk show coming Let's to talk Glasgow. It. Oh, right. hey. and when, when can we hear this brand new comedy talk show coming to Glasgow, Simon? Uh, well, we have done a few of them now. So basically, I, I should probably explain. So 
the whole one one for media thing uh, branched off into. I always had this idea that I thought a live podcast sounded really cool, and I sat on the idea for about two years, and then eventually one day, in fact, I believe I was whiskey drunk in a pub with Jackie Polo, and he was fairly adamant that I should just go ahead and do it. And Mark Coffey had been nagging at me to do it for a while as well, um, and I just booked a venue and did it. Didn't really know what exactly it was, so that was the the one fall sessions were born. Yeah. So it was originally meant to be uh, get a panel of guests on, you record the podcast, have a few drinks, have a laugh, and that's the show. So we've kind of done that, and last year in particular, it really kind of took off because we've been kind of running it a bit more regularly. And last year, I basically ran one every month, and we got what kind of we're biggest biggest crowd to date. Uh, we have our first one fall session uh, outside of Glasgow uh, this month. It's on Thursday, the twentieth of February, in the Hanover Tap. Tickets are available at ringsideworld.co.uk. Um, and on that we've got uh, Andy Wild, uh, Billy Kirkwood, and for the first time we've actually got Joe Hendry uh, coming on the show. Which we're buzzing about. Cause I've, I've wanted to have Joe on for a while, but I've never really known the right time Task, to do it. Yeah. Uh, we've still still got a few tickets left for that. So if you are in the in the Edinburgh area, more along, that's what? kind of the show. Limited tickets available. Limited in the business. Limited tickets are available. But, uh, but yeah, so so spinning up spinning off of that, I started a show called That's a Bit Weird, uh, purely because. As if wrestling's not strange enough, I'm really into weird things. Right. Like, <laughs> like that's that sounds wrong. But um, it was ba- basically, I've always been quite into, like, ghosts and Bigfoot and UFOs. You were the first Scottish person theories. to ever say they're into Bigfoot, I think. Wait, Bigfoot? <laughs> Bigfoot could live in the islands. We don't know. There's nobody there. He could. He, like, he could. <laughs> but how did he get from, from, like, Ohio to Scotland? Oh, there's some theories in that. Can he swim? Oh, right. Hold so, on, I'm not missing <laughs> Hold on, am I missing all the, Is Bigfoot in Scotland now? It could be. Uh, according to Simon, yeah. This is right. what we're trying to figure right. out. Right. So, okay, okay. so, guys, thanks for joining me today. This is the first instalment of <laughs> the Bigfoot Appreciation Society Scotland edition. Uh, <laughs> but no, so in the, in the run-up to Halloween, I just decided... I've always had this idea. I think it'd be quite good to get a panel together and just tell ghost stories. and It'll be fun. But my idea was, just, like, we'll just make it a one-fall session, but a Halloween edition. Yeah. And then, kind of in the lead-up to it, I went, I, sh- I should make it a separate thing, because... What if it takes off? Then you can do it every month. So it was it was initially the one fall sessions present, that's a bit weird. And then it very swiftly stopped being the one fall sessions present and just became that's a bit weird. So the first one we did on ghosts, and then what was the second one? Oh, the second one we had Joe Coffey and Sean McLaughlin on, <laughs> which is the most interesting parallel you can get on these things. Uh, just t- talking about ancient aliens and uh, conspiracy theories and the Illuminati. <laughs> and then we had a Christmas special looking at Christmas conspiracies. And then just last month we had uh, Secret Societies. And this coming Wednesday we've got uh, Darren Connell from Scott Squad and Sean McLaughlin again by baffling... <laughs> Sean's fairly getting around recently, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Right. Like... Sean has a baffling popular demand and I don't get it. No disrespect to him, he's one of my best mates, but I don't understand why people like... But, uh, but yeah, so we've got that show this week uh, with Darren Connell and Sean McLaughlin, and we're looking at it's the Valentine's Day special, but we're also going to be talking about. Uh, we asked Darren like, "What what conspiracy theories you, are you into?" And he said, "Oh, like yeah, like JFK is really interesting, uh, or you know, aliens and things." So we put up a poll, and JFK won. So apparently, we're doing Valentine's Day slash the assassination of John F. Kennedy, <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. which love is it. you know a, a seamless transition. <laughs> Super. Well, listen, it's been brilliant having you on, um, Simon. Thank you so much for coming in and real great insight into actually what a ring announcer does and no, how, how you go about it. I've got one favour to ask you before you go, right? Go on. 
I thought it'd be quite amusing that I've been on Tinder now. I'm not a member of Tinder, just in case the He's wife's lying. listening. Uh, so I typed this in research, I swear. some <laughs> of the funniest uh, Tinder profiles that are going. Now, I just thought it'd be quite interesting to do them in the style of a ring announcer. <laughs> <laughs> so right, okay. I'm going to hand you them over. If you could give them a go as a ring announcer. <clears throat> right, okay. You had to print off the pictures as well, didn't you? Oh, yeah, John? I printed you off, the off the pictures, pictures as well, yeah. 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 Right, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, swiping to your right. She is from Wichita State University. She is an arms dealer who is seven miles away. Hands down the best catch. Eyes, 10 out of 10. Body, 9 out of 10. Personality, 20 out of 10. And one, arms, 1 out of 2. She is 23 years old. This is... Lauren! <laughs> can, I, can I just point out the whole gag in it? Is that she's only got one arm. <laughs> so I just put one arm. One oh, I didn't notice that! that. One out of, arms, one out of two. Oh! I didn't, I didn't notice the picture. That's amazing. Oh, good. Oh, you love That's a great profile. <laughs> right, next one, next oh, one. Right. <laughs> right, this man's dressed as a piece of toast. That's interesting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, making his way into your phone. He is an analyst at EY, 48 miles away, so you should feel safe. For the love of God, someone please date me so I can stop bringing my mom to costume parties. He is dressed as toast, 23 years old. Zach! <laughs> Brilliant. I should have got Alex's Tinder profile up for this one. I really should have went into okay. that. <laughs> Well, Sorry, which one of the many variations right, you want, John? Okay. Right, 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 finally, last one, last one. We've got time, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> last one, let's go for it. Right. <clears throat> and introducing last, she is 11,431 kilometres away. How wide is your radius set on Tinder? <laughs> John's on Tinder Plus, that's why. <laughs> she is very new to Tinder. Practicing gratitude is a hobby I cultivate in my everyday life. For example... Every day I am grateful. My name begins with an E instead of an S. She is a marketing director, 33 years old, jumping on a beach. She is Emily. I think it's Emily, that's why she put the S one. Ah. <laughs> I mean, just tell her the name's Emily, don't you? Anyone that's she just... could have got away with that. Like, brilliant, brilliant. Here, here, I might offer the service. I was going to say, just, this is a service. So the one false new show, just Simon reading out dating profiles. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, for a small negotiable fee, I will G up your Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, Simon. Thank you very much for coming in. No, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. So that's it for another Wrestling Daft. Thank you very much for Simon Cassidy for coming in. Thank you very much for Alex for holding my hand throughout this. Um, we'll hit that Chris Jericho countdown again. Don't worry, everyone. Grado and Rab will be back, and it will be very, very soon. But we'll just keep the ship floating until then. Um, who's going to be our listener of the week this week? Personally, it has to be Stevie B for putting... Uh, apparently the newly retired kid fight into some kind of biblical setting yep definitely selling uh, merch at the crucifixion has to go up there as a listener of the week yeah exactly for granddaddy fight I think that's definitely a absolutely definitely absolutely so Stevie B well done listener of the week we will get that strap on you um, thank you for listening remember rate and review us on Apple subscribe to the podcast 
follow us on Twitter, buy the merch, do all of that, and we'll love you dearly. <laughs> Only a small list of chores there, John. Yeah, yeah, just get involved in that. So thanks very much for listening, and as Gredo would say, it's yourself! This is 4Network. Good night,